Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line, hour two on a Monday as the dust settles on the divisional round. Of course, conference championships coming up this Sunday. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. This is fascinating because you know that there isn't an ownership group in all of sport that is more fastidious about the advancement of their brand. Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones. Michael, they go on local radio just to control the narrative in Dallas. Take a look at what the Dallas Cowboys have tweeted. And this is from their official account. We've completely gone through it to make sure it's official. Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't, again, generate self-inflicted wounds. That is the Dallas Cowboys official Twitter account tweeting, I've never seen anything like that in my life, and there's another one, but I want you to react to an official account saying that. That's wild, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine Jerry or Steven would want that out there, nor do I think they they read every tweet before it goes out, so... Yeah, I mean, that that's not the messaging we want. I mean, obviously, that's true. I mean, it is true, <laughs> yes. but that's not what we want, you know? I mean, we want transparency, but not like that. Like, we don't want that. Like, you know, well, so... It is true, but how about this one? It's all, Maybe it's true as well, and we've talked about Mike McCarthy's job status. Well, here's what the Dallas Cowboys think about Mike McCarthy. The next tweet, Mike McCarthy took the podium following the loss to the 49ers to give his take on a season that had the opportunity to be special, but instead ended up being anything but. <laughs> uh, they've been, I mean, I think they've been hacked. I mean, I think you got to think they've been hacked. hacked. Well, I mean, I, I mean I, who would put that out? Like, who thinks <laughs> that's clowning. a good idea? They're clowning Dak and McCarthy, literally straight up clowning them on their official Twitter account. Like, the Joneses I mean, know what's happening here. I mean, did Stephen A. get into their Twitter account today? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, look, it's true. I'm not going to lie. It's not true. It was a season that, you know, I don't think people recognized how talented. And as I said yesterday, they, they were in the top top 12 in 14 categories. San Francisco was 15. I've had people in the league tell me that whoever won that game was going to go to the Super Bowl. Coaches in the league tell me that. I think coaches in the league, and one coach plays plays Philly twice. Told me that said whoever wins that game is going to the Super Bowl. This coach actually thought Dallas had a, had a, was going to win, and as I did, but I think to me, I don't think people recognized how good Dallas was, and you know they lose two overtime games, and how sometimes they just let the game slip away from them. 
And unfortunately, this is a this is now the label that has been attached to them because they've gone 27 years without winning a Super Bowl. And, you know, and it's been so long since they've been able to walk into a stadium and say, we're great. We're going to show you how great we are. My only question, I'm just going to read it one more time because I can't get enough. Did John Goulet, our program director, take over Dallas Cowboys social? Quote, this is Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy took the podium following the loss to the 49ers to give his take on a season that had the opportunity to be special, but instead ended up anything but. Anything <laughs> like that but. Is, I mean, like they're trolling. They're trolling their own head coach. That is weird. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't it, know it who weird. hacked their account, but I mean, it, it is kind of interesting. But look, I, I think to me, you know, when going into the game, I didn't like their game plan initially. They start slow. They get a three and out. They got, you know, they had a chance to get back. I didn't like their game plan against San Francisco. I didn't think they really understood San Francisco. I think they thought that they were a cover three team and try to attack them like a cover three team when you've got to understand how they think and operate outside of just playing cover three. So, again, the joystick, I, I didn't think that was a good plan to start the game. You know, and and then I didn't think they adjusted when they lost Pollard. And I think that the game really came down to, you know, what do I say all the time? You, you, you truly value the coach when he makes the right call at the right time, right? Kyle on that last drive, when they had a score, made a lot of good calls on that last drive, right? When he had to keep the ball away from him, made some really good calls on that last drive. But with 3.08 to go in the game and – you go out there and you don't really put together th- four really good calls. You know, you don't get out there and get the ball moving and knowing that we're not going to punt it ever again. I mean, I, I sat on my couch and said, we- we're not punting. And the reason I said that is like I've explained in the last hour, they have the best inside 20 punter in the league. He's a, he's a weapon. And so when, when we went out there at 3.08 to go, it was we had to lay it all out there. We had to go all in. We couldn't punt, not because we had three timeouts, because of who they had. And so to me, that's what's missing in Dallas is a strategist. Like somebody should have said to Mike, hey, Mike, we can't punt here before the drive starts. I'm not saying I'm third and ten. I'm saying before the drive starts, just so you know, we can't punt. We can't punt. We got to get first. We got to get. We got to get yards. We got to get yards on first down. We got to get somewhere because we can't punt because we're we're going to have no timeouts and have the ball inside the five and we're never going to be able to move it. The Cowboys were catching three in the first half. So follow me here because I had the Cowboys plus three first half. That end of the first half where again you go to the break. The 49ers up 9-3, but remember, the 49ers kicked that field goal to go up 9-3 with a second to go. I thought Shanahan was a little bit lapsed in the way he handled the end of the game, and also the the killer was the Prescott pick combined with the Pollard injury right there at the end of the first half. That was all just horrible. Yeah, I mean, look, it happened on the play after Pollard got hurt. And so there, there's another situation that nobody will, will have a problem with, right? So Pollard gets hurt. They're forced to use their second timeout, right? You've got second and two, 126 to go in the game. I, I want to run it there. I want the clock working for me. Yeah, I know I know, I have a kicker that I don't trust. I get that. But I want to be able to control the clock, not have the clock control me. And so I want something that I'm going to be able to get it moving so that if I have to punt or I have to settle for a field goal, then I, I, I leave them very little time. I play to the strength. But, of course, naturally the joystick over there, he's calling passes because that's what he's got on his sheet, you know. And Dak makes a bad play. So it's a bad call with a bad result, you know. And okay. this is why they lose. I, I, I said this on the pot. If you switch coaches, who wins the game? If you give Shanahan to the Cowboys with that talent yesterday, yeah, I, I would agree with you. So let's let's have that conversation about Kellen Moore. He's 34 years old. What's interesting is if you're Mike McCarthy, you inherited Kellen Moore. So yeah. don't you go to ownership now and say, hey, I got to do this on my own moving forward, or I have to hire who I want to hire, or I don't know if he has a good relationship with Kellen Moore. I don't know. I mean, he, you know, it's so funny when I watch the two of them, they don't seem like it, right? I mean, 
I'm sure Mike's a nice Mike's and I know Mike's a nice guy, and I'm sure Mike is very respectful. But Mike has a has his Green Bay play sheet the way it's set up in Green Bay, like he was going to call the game, and Moore's got his play sheet. Like they're not in symmetry even on that, and so I'm sure that they they you know they talk a lot of things. But when he took that job, Jerry wanted Kellen Moore to run the offense. I mean, in, and this is what you get. You get a 34-year-old guy who's never had a call a game when he loses his best player, a playoff game. You know, like, that's a hard thing to do. How do we adjust this game now? What do we do? You know, we lost Pollard. Okay, all right, we just lost Pollard. Let's think this through. How are we going to handle it? Do we need to play the, Need to play this guy more? Do we need to play Zeke more? I mean, we know Zeke can't do anything. Do we need to play Malik Davis more? Do we need to be more 12? I mean, what runs do we scratch off this list? What runs do we need to add to this list? I, I don't see any of that. The 49ers have now won 12 straight games, their longest streak since 84 when you were on the staff. I was there. I was on that streak. You know how that streak ended? That streak ended. I said this on the pod. That streak ended. We were playing Pittsburgh at home in the candlestick, and it's 17-14. to We kick a field goal. Ray Wersing makes the field goal. We're going to tie the game. Probably would have the game would have ended in a tie. There were no overtimes at that point in 84. We make the field goal. Allen Kennedy from Washington State, our swing tackle, got called for being too far in the backfield on the wing. So we moved it back five yards. We kicked it again. We missed. They won. Yikes. That's not. That's an unceremonious way to go out. Wow. Yeah. They. Um, okay. Let's hear from Jones about the co- coaching situation quickly here. Jer- Jerry Jones. No. 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 And uh, uh, their decision to uh, for our kicker was exonerated with his. A field goal in my mind, and I'm proud for him. Uh, but uh, this is uh, this is very uh, sickening to not win tonight. Of course, he was asked about the future of Mike McCarthy, and defiantly said, "No, there are going to be no changes." Yeah. And he's, he's already he's he was already uh, politicking for uh, Maher, the uh, kicker. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, he said it worked. I, I would have gone with it. I didn't think it worked. They missed it. I mean, Jay Feely had on Twitter, uh, I saw it, that, you know, if you watch that first kick, he kicked like the middle of the football. He didn't even kick it low. I mean, that kick was nowhere near going towards the goalpost. I mean, give him credit. He made the second one. God bless him. Uh, you know, it took some mental fortitude to do that, and, and I appreciated that. But I, I couldn't have gone into the game with him. I, I don't know if it vindicated the decision or not. Maybe it did, but – it would have it would have made me nerved. I think it made their play calling nerved. Maybe that's why the joystick called called the pass on second and two because he wanted to make sure that he didn't have to settle for a field goal. I don't know. Well, I do know this: who needs friends, Deck Prescott and Mike McCarthy? When you excuse me, who needs enemies when you've got friends yeah. like the social account there with oh the Cowboys? My God. That was a, that was a really really weird. It, I, you, you said I think it, they got I, hacked. I think they got hacked, but what's interesting I mean, about it's the, the only, hacker, they got it they got a scream they got hacked. I mean, how else can they say it? They got a scream. Oh, we got hacked. I agree with you, but what's interesting about the hacker is they actually wrote coherent yeah. <laughs> they wrote coherent true statements. Hey, these two botched it. Hey, what are you gonna do? On to next year. When we come back, I want to set up obviously the NFC championship game, but I have questions for you about the quarterback there in San Francisco, Brock Purdy. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, remember, VSIN pros get the VSIN tools, and part of the pro tools are the betting splits, by far the most popular aspect of our pro tools. Make sure you check them out. There's money and bets for every game, updated every 10 minutes. That includes every sport, by the way. So if you've got 150 college hoops games, the betting splits got you covered. Today's games and future events, go to vsin.com slash subscribe. For more information, that's vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, Lombardi line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Mike Pritchard, of course, our vcin colleague, is going to join us coming up in about 14 minutes. Uh, as we turn our attention to the NFC Championship game, we'll get to that number and everything that's involved. Let's start with Brock Purdy. It yeah. seemed like he wanted to give the ball away a couple of times yesterday, but it didn't happen where, you know, what I what stood out to me is he's well, good on one, third downs. That one, that one yeah, was, but that, yeah. That one that Trayvon Diggs, I mean, right before the touchdown, that was that was a fortunate one, you know. And look, all quarterbacks throw interceptions that get dropped. I mean, you could make a reel of Andrew Lux. I mean, there was a zillion of them. So, you know, that's just that's it. And that ball got tipped. I mean, that was one of those that you could say was on Purdy, but the ball got tipped at the line and it got redirected, and they had a chance to make a play. I mean, I would say Diggs catches that ball ten out of ten times, right? Yep. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, I mean, fortuitous. I think this. I think this about San Francisco. That it was a mentally tough win. You know, they couldn't handle the quickness and the speed of the Dallas defense early in the game. As the game went on, they wore them down a little bit. They kind of got a knack. The longest run of the game, Patrick, only occurs on the la- on the Elijah Mitchell run where he doesn't go out of bounds. That was 13 yards. That was the longest run of the game for them. They kind of they willed themselves to this win. It was kind of an ugly. Look, this is hard. We don't really know how to handle it. The, they kept us. We didn't make a lot of We couldn't get our run game going, our play action pass. But when they need to have a drive, put together a drive, whether it was Kittle's play or the pass interference call, they were able to do it. That's what championships team do. I would say Kyle probably felt like they played a, a B-minus game against a really good team, and they were fortunate to win because there was a lot of moments in that game where I thought Dallas was the better team and was going to win. But once Dallas lost Pollard, then I gave up any chance of that. So the Eagles open, I'll call it one and a half at most shops, immediately bet up to two and a half. We, yeah. Earlier, we did have bet MGM three. I don't know if they're still sitting three. I can't imagine it's going to last there. No, yeah. it'll get bought back. San Francisco buyers will be all over the three if it's hung. Um, you noted this. It is still three at bet MGM. Interesting. You noted this. Uh, on Twitter at M Lombardi NFL. The reason the Eagles have 70 sacks has nothing to do with their secondary and has everything to do with their talented defensive line. Everything. 60 of their sacks come from the D line. The rush is key. Let's use that to project toward the protection of Purdy and the 49ers. How does that kind of work out? Well, it, it, it works out because the Eagles have been vulnerable to a run game, right? You have been able to run the football on Philadelphia and the teams that have, you know, Washington beat them. 
you know, the teams that can beat Philly have been able to play a little bit from in front, and so that that run game has dissipated. You can't run it. But when you go over the numbers, I mean, even if you go back to when Hertz was there and he was playing, I mean, the Giants, uh, the the Bears, that that's not a good game. But Dallas ran for one fifteen. I mean, teams can run the football on them. You know, the Texan game, which was actually a close game, even though it ended up twenty nineteen, the Texans ran the ball; they just couldn't throw it. When the Commanders won, they ran for they they ran for one fifty two against them. So uh, there's tape that Kyle's going to watch that shows they can run the ball on them, and then all their passing stuff comes off that run action, and so there'll be a good feel, a good understanding of how to handle them. I mean, remember last year they went back there against this defense with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was week two of the season. And, you know, they went back there and they played. Now, that the, the Eagles are a completely different offensive team now, but they're not they're, – they're similar defensively. You know, they're similar defensively. And, and San Francisco only scored 17 points against them in that game. They held them to 11 points. So that game won't have as much relevance because teams are different now. But I do think that the challenge will be to block this front. This front's different than Dallas. Dallas's front is faster, more athletic – Philly's fronts more power and physicality, different styles. There was a couple of clips people were posting on Twitter. Um, Travis Kelsey gets more of the hype because centers don't get a ton of hype, but that he he is he is quite an offensive lineman. That Kelsey is a tremendous. They were he was there was a couple of clips of him throwing around a big nose tackle. Yeah, they, I mean Dallas is I mean you talk about pad level. I mean he their pad level the Giants pad level was horrible. They were getting knocked around and he was just he was tossing people left and right. I mean, you know, they paid Leonard Williams a lot of money. We never heard his name mentioned the whole game. No. Justin Ellis, Jellybean, the kid from uh Northeast one of those directional schools, he got plastered. He played too high in the game. I mean, to me it's a, again, it's the same thing we talked about in step into my office. I mean, that was Kelsey showed shine what it's going to take to get somebody to match up against Philadelphia. And it's not Justin Ellis and it's not Leonard Williams. It may be Dexter Lawrence, but he needs a little help. Okay, let's do this. We've got Pritch coming up in about six minutes. So why don't we just kind of clean up some odds and ends as far as the NFL is concerned in general. One, you saw in the report yesterday, D'Amico Ryans, who's going to have his pick eventually, Michael, as a head coach. It looks like he turned down opportunities to interview with Indianapolis and the Phoenix, I call them Phoenix, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to, you know, it's hard to interview for these jobs because you're, if you're, especially when you're in the playoffs, I mean, I mean, Mike Kafka had three interviews yesterday for the Giants after the game. He did three in one day. I don't know how you can be really good for three interviews in one day, all Zoom, by the way. So, Yikes. you know, I, I think that's a challenge. I think D'Amico was right to to kind of step away and not and not do that, and, you know, kind of eliminate it. And, and he could be even better off served to just say, you know what, I, I'm really in a good spot. We're going to be a good team next year. I, I'll get my chance depending on the situation at hand. And your boy, Sir Wink Martindale, looks like he did finally get a, a conversation with the Colts. It might be for naught because it looks like maybe the Colts will just go Saturday, but at least Wink is getting some looks. At least he got a look. I mean, Lou Amaromo doesn't get one. I mean, it's a fact that they interview Kellen Moore and not Lou Amaromo. It's just, and I love Brian Callahan, but he doesn't really, he calls the plays through Zach Taylor, but I mean, Amaromo did a hell of a job of setting up a game plan. I don't know why he can't get an interview. But that's it. Sean Payton is is going for a second round. See, I think what's going to happen this week with these coaching searches is you're going to get second interviews. I'm I, I'm understanding that that Carolina wants to have a decision by Thursday. I think a lot of this is going to move a little quicker, so that that week between the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl, I think you're going to these jobs will get filled. Do you think Payton to the Carolina Panthers is legitimate? Could that happen? I think he's going back for a second interview with Denver. I think Denver's really the more legitimate place. I would say Denver, with Jim Harbaugh stepping aside, I would say Denver probably has the best opportunity. Interesting. Interesting. This is Dove Kleiman, who is, has sources, and I'll just throw it at you. You probably already know this, but as he said the report, the Patriots are, part, are to part ways with de facto offensive coordinator Matt Patricia. Uh, says he's on his way out. Patricia was getting paid by the Lions, so now that the Lions are no longer paying the salary, interesting that they would just the Patriots would move on from Patricia. Any surprise there? 
No, I mean, that's typically what happens uh, up there. I mean, you know, uh, if he can't, there's no role for him on defense because Mayo, who they're extending his contract, Stephen Belichick calls it, where's he going to be on defense? There's no role for him on offense. And so he's used to being making at least a coordinator salary. Where is he going to end up? You know, yeah. they're not going to pay him a coordinator salary to stand around. I mean, one thing about New England and, and that structure is, it, it, you know, you're not going to you, – they're, they're a lean operation, and Kraft isn't going to pay for just to pay a guy to hang around. And as Elliot just mentioned, it, it looks like the – Patriots are, and it's a natural fit, right? Bill O'Brien being interviewed for that OC position, I, that feels I'm, like a I'm good told fit. that I, I'm told that that'll get he'll get that job. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, I think they're going to go through a bunch of people, but I would say he would be the favorite of the of the uh, of the favorite in the betting market. Now, anything could change. Obviously, Dan Quinn was the favorite to get the uh, the, the Bronco job, and that didn't happen. It went to Nathaniel Hackett, but I think that that would be right. Some gamesmanship from Shine, the general manager who you talked to, stepped into my office in Dayball about Jones, where they essentially said, you know, we'll see what happens in the offseason. How about Daniel Jones playing his card a little bit as well? He was saying, it's been a good ride yeah. with the Giants. You know, I liked my time here. He he might end up leaving. It's interesting. I mean, I came right from CAA. Basically, that line came from CAA. Like that, Basically, the way I interpret that line was, I'm not giving you a discount, fellas. And... Yes. I would call the bluff. But who's paying you forty million? Let, let me find out who's paying you forty. I'll take the compensatory third. Like, tell me who's paying you forty million. Now I got to go find a quarterback. I get that, but don't forget. I want to know how that's going to work. I heard a Washington station saying maybe in division the Commanders need a quarterback. If it's not Sam Howell, maybe Daniel Jones. I don't know. They're, tell, they're telling people, they're telling people in Washington that Sam Howell's the starter next year. Anybody that comes in for an interview, they're saying Sam Howell's the starter. Why would yeah, they spend tell- forty million? No, you're right. They're telling p- potential offensive coordinators, you got to work with Sam Howell. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Ron Rivera. I we all deserve Ron Rivera's job security. We're back with Mr. Pritchard next here on the Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, here we go. Sign up now. Introductory deal to become a VSIN Pro for $9.99. It's not going to last long, so make sure you check it out. You get When you become a pro, you get the subscriber benefits of Pro Tools, Pro Picks, Pro Tips, everything we offer. VSIN.com slash subscribe. It's all for $9.99 right now, so check it out. VSIN.com slash subscribe. As we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line, the dust has settled on the divisional round. We head into championship weekend next weekend. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. We'll head to Vegas now and bring in our colleague at VSIN, VSIN host, former first round draft pick, Mike Pritchard. He joins us. And what we'd like to do on Mondays is kind of go over what we just saw with Pritch's points. First off, hi, Pritch. Hopefully you had a nice weekend. We'll start here with your points and speed kills when it comes to postseason football what do you mean by that speed kills well and great to be with you patrick and michael i'm i think uh one of the reasons why i was on the under uh in dallas and san francisco uh was because of the speed on defense on both sides with the dallas cowboys and certainly with the 49ers uh and it does kill i mean whether you're offensive player uh on the perimeter uh certainly in the backfield that helps even offensive linemen uh, I think uh, also on the defense side of the ball, if you can uh, showcase your speed, uh, then that gives you ability to kind of stifle offenses. And so uh, as a running back, for instance, you think there's a crease, all of a sudden that crease is is filled because there's a linebacker or a safety there. Uh, you think uh, a quarterback, you can squeeze a ball in there uh, because you you found a receiver with, with leverage. All of a sudden, the speed of the defender has made up that ground and uh, you don't have nowhere else to go with the football. So I thought that that would play out in the game, and it helped me catch that ticket uh, to the under in that game, that matchup against the 49ers and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. Speed does kill. I, I kind of thought that I was really disappointed in Dallas's game plan, Pritch. I thought mm-hmm. there was plays to be made against – if you understand that it's not cover three, it looks like cover three, but it's not mm-hmm. cover three, and you attack it that way – 
you you can move the football on them throwing it like the Raiders did and like you know Arizona did for a moment and like you know Seattle did for a half but if you think it's cover 3 that plays into their trap because they're so good against every cover 3 rat uh route that they face they they know all the beaters and this is my problem with joystick kellen moore he just runs beaters oh i think they're going to be in cover two so here's my cover two play they're going to be a man here's my man play when you and i both know it takes more than that so to score 12 i know they're fast but to score 12 that was disappointing yeah it was uh and you're right i mean i think um a lot of times, you know, you can be scheme oriented too, all right? Or do you get to featured matchups? And uh, I, I thought uh, the middle of the field, the 49ers was going to take that away, whether the concepts that they were using defensively or certainly with their speed. Uh, and therefore, Dak was going to have to hold the ball in the pocket that was going to collapse on him. Uh, it was just a matter of time before that pass rush was going uh, was going to squeeze him in the pocket and then maybe lead him to those mistakes. But giving him some clean throws, like you said, challenge the outside, whether it's cover three or not. Challenge the outside, uh, outside the numbers, and, and perhaps you can make the 49ers be different. Uh, but we didn't see that from Kellen Moore or Dak Prescott. Well, Pritch, you, you cashed on the 49ers-Cowboys under, which is interesting because the postseason so far, the overs during the wildcard round were 5-1. and one. The unders were 4-0 and oh, divisional round, so the betters got kind of got hoodwinked because most of the betters were betting the overs <laughs> yesterday based on what they saw in the wild card round. Next up for Pritch's points, 49ers. So let's talk about a team that's going to be taking on the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. You said the 49ers' versatility is a major factor in their success, Pritch. Well, it really is. I mean, we were talking about speed uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, think about Greenlaw and Warner. I mean, if you throw those guys in the mix, they have seven defensive backs on the field, essentially, because of the speed of those two linebackers. And uh, and then they also have the power of linebackers to to challenge the run. Uh, so the versatility on that side of the ball to, to get to different things, uh, creativity uh, allows them to be so functional uh, on that side of the ball and therefore leading to what, I guess, 12 games now, uh, in which they held their opponents to just one score. And I'm counting the Cowboys one, even though they had two field goals. Uh, to me, that's still one score. Uh, And then offensively, I mean, you got running backs playing wide receivers. You got wide receivers playing running back. uh, You got tight ends and H-backs. I mean, that is so hard to prepare for from a a personnel mix, uh, if you will. I mean, it's like the the 49ers have supernaturals uh, out there uh, to contend with on both sides of the ball. And that, that to me, is difficult. And I think that's going to be a challenge for the Eagles coming up. Yeah, they have it on both sides. I mean, you know, the other thing is is they're the best tackling team in football. Like, they rarely miss a tackle. They rarely, you rarely gain yards after contact against them. And, you know, and if you watch the Giant game, the Giants gained a ton of yards after contact. I mean, I mean, the Eagles gained a ton of yards after contact from them. And so I've said all year, Pritch, I think that the 49er defense is built to play this six back offense of Philadelphia. And we'll see if yep. that's true. Next one up, Pritch's points. We've got three. Balanced attacks on offense is the way to go. So let's use that theory and that axiom mm-hmm. for the four teams moving forward. You talked about the balanced attacks. Who's got the balance here in the final four? Well, clearly the balance is on the Eagles and the 49ers side. I mean, both of those teams are right around 52-48. I think you're balanced if you're 60-40. And I mean pass-run ratio. Right. And so both teams are 52 48 uh, talking about the Eagles and the 49ers. Uh, when you become one dimensional, you, you are in trouble in the playoffs. And, and we saw that play out with Buffalo. Uh, we saw that play out with the Chargers. We saw that play out with the Vikings. We saw that play out with Tampa. I mean, when you are one dimensional and you can't adjust or get to anything else in your arsenal, uh, you you are done. Uh, and because you also have the condensed nature uh, of the football game in terms of possessions like Buffalo, they had what? Uh, I want to say they had eight possessions in that game. I mean, if you are one-dimensional and you're relying on big plays, explosive plays, and the Bengals are taking that away, what else can you get to? Uh, and I thought they, they fooled themselves if they thought Josh Allen could uh, beat the Bengals in a pocket. I think they needed to use his legs uh, and use, utilize the running game if they could uh, that way. And then the same thing with Dallas. I mean, Dallas, Pollard going down, that was a big miss. Um, but really not being able to generate any type of run uh, played in the hands of what the 49ers wanted to do. We saw the 49ers evolve through that game with one drive 
uh, uh, to get that victory. And on that 10-play drive, they had seven running plays and three passes. An incredible catch uh, by Kittle uh, certainly allowed that to happen, as well as the lack of discipline with the penalties, too, on the Cowboys. So I, I think in the condensed nature of the playoffs, uh, for betters, if you have the versatility, if you have the ability to get to more of your arsenal from a play selection, and you're more balanced, and that's going to be difficult to defend. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Buffalo had two possessions a quarter, and they, they wasted the first quarter. They had six plays in the first quarter, and they punted. They gained six and five yards. I mean, and I, I never see an offense in Buffalo. I see plays. I see either we hit a home run or we don't hit. You know, and, and I think that that's the problem. And that there's no consistency. In the le- it's always just let Josh make a play. Yeah. So do you both – and we saw how demonstrative Stefan Diggs was. Uh, Dawson Knox just came out and defended him. He said, in no way is he a bad teammate. Football is emotional. He's just a competitor. Um, t- to your point, though, there – it just there was no rhyme or reason, Pritch. Like you got to get you got to get the ball in the hands of Stephon Diggs. Well, if you can, right? I mean, I think there were some opportunities, but as a quarterback too, you know, uh, I, I believe you can think that there's something there, uh, and then all of a sudden it's not, or somebody can be wide open and you missed him, right? And I think that's what Stephon Diggs might have been upset about uh, is that he was open. Uh, and, you know, as a receiver, we always feel like we're open. <laughs> you know, I could have blanket coverage and I'm open, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, that's a lot of pressure on one guy. But if you want to get to the running game and have that balanced attack, I mean, Josh Allen was your second leading rusher on that football team. And and you stifled that. You handcuffed that as a play caller or certainly uh, from a game planning standpoint, which we saw that the last few weeks for Josh. And it led to a lot of giveaways and, and turnovers and uh, at some point, you start to force it. When Josh was coming out of college, uh, people did e- evaluate him to be less than accurate as a passer. Uh, and I, I think teams have understood that and identified that uh, more and more as Josh Allen has got deeper and deeper in the seasons and obviously uh, also into the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. And I think you're right. I mean, look, you know, Josh is going to have to change his game. Josh is going to have to be adaptable, and he's going to have to make it. But here's the hard part if you're Diggs. You watch Justin Jefferson get the ball. You watch Travis Kelsey get the ball. And then you're saying, why am I not getting the ball? Like, right. everybody has a plan to take a receiver out of the game. But usually good offensive coordinators find a way to get the ball to the receiver. Devontae Adams, everybody wants to take Devontae Adams out of the game. Then how the hell do you have so many catches? <laughs> That's the job yeah. of the coordinator. I, yep. I just love the wide receiver mentality. Mike Pritchard, who's probably <laughs> the most humble person on the planet, even he said when he's blanketed, he's open. He's, al- he's, he's always going to win that matchup, Pritch. You're always going to win. You're always going to win right. the matchup. That's right. I can turn back the clock on you. I can. I can be less than humble uh, if you will, if you want me to. I, can be, <laughs> I just I can love turn back into that guy. <laughs> you, if as a wide receiver, you got to have that mentality, and, and I love that it came through there from Pritch. Okay, Mike Pritchard joining us. When we come back, let's let's peek ahead and take a look at. Uh, conference championship weekend next here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. 
but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, and they unleash the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Reward points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. So make sure you check it out. It's the best loyalty program in the game. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. 21 years or older. Tremendous stuff from Mike Pritchard as he joins us on Mondays. Michael Lombardi. It is the Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, former first rounder and VEASAN host Mike Pritchard joins us. And Michael, we were just talking during the break with Pritch about what a just cult of personality and a force that Dion is. And by the way, fellas, did you see what happened with Ed Reed? At Bethune Cookman yeah. over the weekend, I I didn't know yeah. of all the details. Michael, had you heard what was going on with? I I didn't even realize Ed yeah, Reed was getting I mean, into coaching here. Well, he did. He took that job there. He wants to be a coach, and he did the Dion thing. He took took some guts. He took the job, and I think he was made some promises by the university, and he was walking on campus, and you know the campus wasn't really upkept and disgusting. He made some comments about that, and. Finally, they could never get to a resolution on, you know, what they needed to do or what they promised him. And so he had to walk away. But I admire him for trying to go and take over that program. I mean, look, somebody's going to meet you halfway. Everybody says they want to be a coach until they actually have to be a coach. I mean, this is one of the things about Jeff Saturday in the park. You know, I want to be a head coach, but I don't want to serve any apprenticeship. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure you saw it, Pritch, the speech. from. I I, did. Look. And it's pretty cool because he actually got your boy Dion on Skype or he zoomed him in there. And, you know, it's two similar guys with a ton of passion, Ed Reed and and Dion Sanders. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a number of guys um, that are trying to to break into the coaching ranks that way. I mean, I I know a a significant number of players that are going through the internship route. And this is the National Football League. But uh, for college, uh, Eddie George uh, is coaching. So, I mean, from from a college standpoint, uh, you know, you, you, you have the clout uh, for what you established uh, in your career, your professional career, uh, but the challenges of being a coach, the challenges of being um, a GM slash coach in the college ranks. I mean, those, those are difficult ones, uh, difficult challenges. I mean, uh, there's so many different angles, right? Uh, there's so many different people that you have to appease and, and, and talk to and, and answer to. I mean, uh, it, it is eye opening. Uh, certainly it takes a special person. Uh, I've always said that I, I know the game of football, but I don't know if I can teach the game of football because I'm not wired that way uh, to be a coach. Uh, you have to be wired differently. Yeah, I yep. mean, look, it, it's true. And and the game that we we talk about from a player to a coach to an executive, there's all different elements of it that you have to understand. And I think that's one of the things the leagues does a really bad job of is is they don't prepare you for the well-roundedness of the job. It's like, how do I become a better leader? How do I get alignment? How do I create a take over a team that is I can create this alignment? Where am I learning this from? And you know, they they want to teach them about the salary cap. Well, that's important, 
But if you don't have basic one-on-one leadership and understanding what leadership really means, how can you lead a team? You know, and I think we're seeing this. This is why one-third of the workforce gets turned over every single year. Yeah, 100%. Okay, Pritch, you, you mentioned balance in your Pritch's points, and you said the two most balanced of the remaining four, San Francisco and Philly. Well, guess what? Here we go. We're going to get San Francisco and Philly on Sunday early. San Francisco at Philly. This number open Philly one and a half. It's been bet up to two and a half. Are you surprised by the quick move here on the Philadelphia Eagles, Pritch? I am a bit surprised, to be honest with you, uh, because I don't know if this is recency bias. I don't know if this is the edge in quarterback, uh, you know, as maybe there's more respect for Jalen Hurts now that he's healthy uh, and the Eagles can get to the six backs that Michael talks about. And uh, or, you know, the deficiencies that we saw from Brock Purdy against the Dallas Cowboys defense and, uh, you know, the Eagles in their defense. Right. The, the problems that they're going to pose. But I think the 49ers in speed on defense. Uh, with the limited amount of possessions makes makes this a possession game anyway. Uh, and I think the number is indicative of that. But if I can get outside of one possession, then obviously, you know, you look at entertaining a teaser uh, here with the 49ers. But uh, in terms of winning the game, I mean, I, the 49ers, obviously a live dog. I mean, Purdy on that stage is going to be interesting and that environment is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, but the balanced attack, meaning the 49ers can run it or throw it whenever they want, or they feel like they can. Uh, and the variety of ways that they run the football, I think that can be challenging uh, for the Eagles in that defense. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And, and I think the kicking element is going to be important. I mean, Ray-Ray McLeod fumbled yesterday, but his returnability, right. you know, I think these fields, you know, we saw yesterday the turnovers allowed – points to get scored because of the short fields and I think that special teams is going to play a huge part in these games this weekend because you know we saw Jacksonville really have a chance to win that game if they you know if Agnew just kind of if Buckner doesn't make that tackle that's a different game and I don't know why Dallas's guy didn't take it to the other way or else they win that game so right. I, I think special teams is going to be a huge factor here before we get to the Cincinnati Kansas City number, which is one, Pritch, let's talk about the high ankle and and what you what your expectations for Patrick Mahomes are. Have you dealt with that type of sprain before? Michael's always telling us how that is just that's a brutal injury. Yeah, no, not the high ankle. I've dealt more with the knee situation, whether it was a stretch MCL or a stretch PCL uh, and meniscus, uh, and that puts you out about four weeks. The high ankle sprain generally uh, in a regular season. If this was a regular season, you're talking about Mahomes being out about four weeks, at least four weeks. Uh, but now they're going to try to accelerate that. So uh, they'll pretty much brace that ankle. I mean, he played on one leg with adrenaline uh, in the game uh, over the weekend. But now as you get ready and you prepare, uh, he's not going to be able to practice, right? And uh, that's okay. I think he, he's highly familiar with the offense. But one of the things that the Chiefs are going to have to adjust to uh, is the ability for the Bengals to take away their number one option. Uh, and Michael talked about that with, with Diggs. And uh, you think about Cincinnati and their journey onto the AFC championship game. They take away that number one option, and that's Travis Kelsey. So uh, if he's taken away, you know, what else can Patrick get to? Because they aren't uh, that balanced. Now, on the other side of that, too, I mean, you look at Cincinnati, they've discovered a running game. Uh, but they're about the same as Cincinnati when it comes to pass-run ratio, right around that 62 38% range. Yeah, I mean, I look, I think it's still going to come down to can Cincinnati block Chris Jones? Can they block Frank Clark? Right. Can, can they block these guys? I mean, that's still going to be a challenge with the backup offensive line. Did a great job. But the one thing I do know, whether Mahomes, uh, Mahomes isn't going to be healthy, but what gives Kansas City the most trouble is when you're really good on the outside, when they can't win one-on-one -on -one with your their corners against their corners. And – and they're not going to win against Cincinnati's corners. Cincinnati's receivers are better than the Kansas City corners. That's the game. Now, they got to have time to throw it to them, but I think Burrow will find ways. And if Mahomes can't scramble, you know, Pritch, if Mahomes can't scramble and you're a defensive rusher for Cincinnati, you're saying, look, we'll catch him. We can, he doesn't have enough speed to get away from us now. The, right, absolutely. The absolutely. Huge. I mean, I, I would – yeah, I would. Ahead, I'm Pitch. looking at evaluating Henny as well, you know, just in case. I mean, because he's going to be practicing. Henny's going to be taking most of the reps. He's taking practice. all the reps. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely want to evaluate what that offense could be 
uh, with Henny, just in case Mahomes cannot finish that contest. So if we said, and we had Thomas Gable on, he said in Jersey, he's got it out of pick him. So if I told you 100% Joe Burrow and the Bengals right now against, I don't know, 50% compromised Patrick Mahomes and a pick him in Kansas City, which way are you going there, Pritch? I'm going Kansas. I mean, excuse me, I'm going Cincinnati. I mean, um, they're, they're just on a roll. They have so much momentum. Uh, and they've discovered a running game. Uh, and, and they're confident, right? Uh, I, I love the core nature, uh, the youthful core nature of this football team as well. Yeah, they're not a Super Bowl losing team. You can tell that. I mean, the team that had the hangover were the Rams. The Bengals haven't had that hangover. And 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 this guy, there's competitiveness, Pritch. And then there's ultra competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Then there's Tom Brady competitiveness. And Joe Burrow is in that Tom Brady competitive area. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he he he's a different he's a different bird. Did a you? Different guy. We, we have a we have a minute here. Did you do you have issues with Josh Allen moving forward and just kind of that YOLO ball he plays, Pritch? Well, like I mentioned before, he was a, a guy who was less than accurate uh, coming out of college. Uh, he does have a Hollister as an arm, uh, but they always want to make the big play. Um, they have to develop a running game. They have to develop a physical mindset too uh, to help out Buffalo. I mean, it reminds me of of Jim Kelly and the K gun. Uh, that I played against. You know, if you take away certain elements of that, you know, what else can they get to? Uh, but he doesn't have a Hall of Fame running back like uh, Thurman Thomas, though. Oh, Thurman Thomas was pretty damn nope. good. Uh, Pritch, <laughs> thank you. We'll talk to you next Monday. Appreciate you, Pritch. Thanks, Appreciate Pritch. You Appreciate you. Thank you. Okay, Michael, you, Michael. Enjoy, enjoy your day off, Michael, and get ready. The Patrick Mahomes ankle watch will continue right, into continue. our next He's better. Don't worry. He's going to be fine. <laughs> He's going to be just fine. Big Bets is coming up next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.